Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beast Joe, and we are back at it, back at it, back at it, back at it again. I'm back at it again, man. <laughs> Salute all savages in the chat. Salute the Venom. You know what I'm saying? We're having a good time here. It's time to talk about the Jets. We're going to be discussing quite a bit. You know, salutes and congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams on their Super Bowl win, 23-20. to It was a tough game, but they got it done. So salutes to them. Salutes to the Bengals as well for being there. We're going to be talking about quite a bit tonight because let me tell you something. That Bengals franchise has been through quite a bit over the years, all right? And they've managed somehow to build themselves into respectability and put a team together that could compete at a level to where they got to a Super Bowl. We're going to be discussing that. Does that put more pressure on New York Jets? We're also going to be discussing the New York Jets defensive line. We're going to be discussing pass rush as well. What's going on with it? You know, are we ever going to get some consistent pass rush around here? There's so much to talk about. Quentin Williams, all of it. Listen, I want to get it right into it. I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up. I'm fired up, man. All right? Listen, your boy is also on iTunes as well. Salutes to all the people that, you know, all the savages that listen to me on iTunes. But if you don't listen to me on iTunes, if you haven't been over there, go to iTunes, look up the podcast, go ahead and search The Long Beach Joe Show. All right? Subscribe to that page, guys. And when you subscribe to that page, folks, go ahead and leave me a rating. Salute to everyone that leaves me the ratings. Five-star ratings, please. You know what I'm saying, if you could. Or just give me a rating, period. Let me know what you folks think about what I'm doing over here on my show. I want to thank everybody that does that. I really appreciate it. I'm also on Twitter as well, at YoungJ000. You know what I'm saying? The show's page is at The Long Beach Joe Show. Go there to at The Long Beach Joe Show. You know what I'm saying? And talk to your boy. Follow me, and let's get going. Let's talk about what we got to talk about. About the Jets, I got people that want to talk to me about life. That's fine. We can go back and forth about it all. I want to see this handsome face, okay? You know, not only do I have a voice made for radio, but I have a face made for TV. You know what I'm saying? I got a face made for TV. I'm just saying. You know, if you want to see your boy live, go ahead and go over to YouTube. Click that search button on YouTube. Type in Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, all right? When you do that, hit that subscribe button and hit that bell for the notifications. So that when I go live or when I post content, y'all be in the know. You know what I'm saying? Don't miss out. Don't miss out. We have a lot of fun. We shoot the shows live. We go over there. You know, we have fun as well. We game sometimes. We do it all over there. You also will see my content too. So please go over there to Long Beach Joe Show and go ahead and, you know, hit your boys. You know what I'm saying? Subscribe, comment. Let's go back and forth. Now, with all that said, and put in the past. Oh, as well, for those of you too, I don't want my mods to kill me. <laughs> I don't want my mods to hit me. You can also go to my link tree as well. 
I have a Discord. Please go to my Discord. Join my Discord. It's in my link to you across my social media platforms everywhere. We have a lot of fun in there as well. Talk a lot of stuff. We have a blast. You know what I'm saying? Now, don't come in there with getting a little too crazy. You know, you get a little too rowdy in that Discord. You know, my the mods will put you away. I ain't even going to lie to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they'll, they'll put you away. But as long as you, you know, in there having good fun and laughing and joking, we crack jokes about each other, we talk about it all, everything, football, food, everything is in there. So please hit my Discord link across my social media platforms and my link tree, and please join up. You know what I'm saying? So now with that all put on, to the side, we have quite a bit to discuss, all right? Now, this New York Jets defensive line, we all know, lacks quite a bit of things. One of those things, pass rush, okay? This defense was ranked 32nd in the league this year. I'm going to say it again. This defense was ranked 32nd in the league this year, man. Whoa. I'm just saying, all right? And we saw this defense struggle. We saw it struggle with the run. We got torched in the mini games. The Colts game, we struggled stopping them from running. I think the first five games, we gave up over 100 yards to every single opponent that we played on the ground. There was some struggling there. The passing game, we were 30th in the league there. And a lot of people talk about a lot of things that need to change along this defense. But I think one of the biggest things that need to change is our lack of pass rush. Now, we all know Carl Lawson was a guy that we signed in the offseason. Unbelievably excited to get that guy in the building, let me tell you. The entire fan base rejoiced. We, we said, hey, we finally got our guy. We finally got a guy that we, have, we can bring in. He's going to get after the passer. We haven't had a pass rusher in years. He's going to be a guy that's going to be able to get after it. Our, our sorrows are done. We can now move forward. we got a guy that can rest the passer. Well, then we saw Carl Lawson tear that Achilles in the offseason before the season even started. And then things just started to spiral from there. Now, if we're looking at Carl Lawson, and we're, we're expecting big things out of him next season, I think he can come in, come back, and give a solid production. But one of the things that I look at when I look at this defense and I say to myself, I say, okay, well, if you're looking solely at Carl Lawson to give us the type of production that we need from a pass rusher, I, I don't know if he's going to give that to us all the way because, again, he's coming back from that torn Achilles. We've seen a lot of players have that same injury and kind of struggle to get back into their form at least the first year that they're back, right? We've got to see what type of shape he's in. We've got to see, figure out – you know, can he work himself back into the same shape that he was in before he got hurt? That's going to be a big question. And so for me, I'm expecting some things from Carl Lawson, but I don't expect him to be the only sole pass rusher that we're asking to be out there. I think the New York Jets need to look at the market, the free agency market, and attack a pass rusher, and we'll be talking about that tonight as well. And I think the New York Jets also need to look at the draft and get pass rushers. I think we need multiple pass rushers. And I've talked about this multiple times. When you look at other teams around this league, they have multiple pass rushers that get after it. You look at the Bills. The Bills' defense isn't deadly just because they got one guy. You know, it's just not Rousseau out there. No, they send multiple guys at you. They can get pressure from so many different places. They can get so much pressure off their edge because of the way that that defensive line is built. You look at who we're supposed to be structured after, you know, as far as defensively and offensively. You look at the San Francisco 49ers. 
Why are they successful? They have multiple guys that can get after it, multiple pass rushers. It's just not Bosa. It's also Warner. It's also other guys as well that they can bring from the edge and make you <laughs> want to pull your hair out because you're getting hit constantly. Your quarterback's getting blasted. Things are turning into turnovers because their guys are getting to you so fast. So we're going to be talking about that tonight as well. I'd love to see the New York Jets continue to add pass rushers. I think Carl Lawson's going to be back next year. I think he'll, we'll see some things from him, but I think relying on him solely, that wouldn't be, you know, the best thing for us to do. I think Joe Douglas and, you know, the rest of his front office and his staff need to definitely attack the market when it comes to pass rush. Then you look at one of the bigger questions that we have as well, Quentin Williams. Now, Quentin Williams, 53 tackles, six sacks this year. I think he's had 15.5 sacks in these last three seasons. We took him third overall. There's going to be a big question coming up front, um, coming forward for him very soon. I think May 3rd, I believe, is the day that the New York Jets are going to have to decide if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option, all right, to keep him for 2023. Now, there's other things that they can do as well. You know, they could end up signing him and extending him to a deal. I don't know if they'll do that. You know, you can pick up that 2023 fifth-year option. You can also franchise him as well after the option, too. The New York Jets have a lot that they can do to really stretch things out to keep him here for a bit. But there's a big question with him is what do you do with, with him as far as that? Is he Has he shown enough to really demand the type of money that I think he's going to be asking for? I've spoken with a lot of Jets fans, and some of them have said, listen, (laughs) with all due respect, he was a third overall pick, and he's been all right, but he hasn't performed like a third overall pick. (laughs) I'm just saying. I look at Quentin Williams, I think at times we've seen flashes. He's been solid, he's been good, but he's also been very up and down. Again, this year we were getting ran on by so many teams, it was insane. We gave up 260 yards to the Colts. We gave up 203 yards on the ground to the Saints. We gave up 185 yards to the Eagles. And there was various other teams as well that we played this year that just ran on us, and we couldn't stop them. And he was on the field for a lot of those games. And it was sight. You didn't see anything. You didn't hear anything from him. He also had a little bit of a shoulder injury as well this year that kind of hampered him. I believe in the Saints game it hampered him too. He had a foot injury as well, you know, just offseason as well. That, that kind of hampered him too. So I think, again, Quinnen has been okay. Even he himself has said that he needs to do more to really become one of those top-tier defensive linemen in this league. He needs to do more to have more of an impact on the game to really, you know, to really put his will into the game, to make other teams bend to his will for him to be that impact defensive lineman. He's got to do more. So it's going to be interesting how the New York Jets handle him. But, again, they pick up that fifth-year option. He'll be here until 2023 either way. Then you look at Sheldon Rankins. There's big-time questions about Sheldon Rankins. Some people want to cut him. We're going to be talking about him tonight. Foley Fadukasi as well, going to be a free agent. There's a lot of people looking around and saying, should the New York Jets bring him back? You know, his big came to fame is he's a great guy against the run. Well, We were getting ran on, and he was on the field, too. We suffered. John Franklin Myers will be discussing him as well. He's a guy that we signed to a deal. We thought we were, you know, he had really turned a corner. We thought, hey, this is going to be the ipso facto pass rusher. And down the stretch, we didn't hear much from him either. 
So we're going to have some discussions. Again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're talking Jets. We're talking defensive linemen. We're talking, listen, Bengals got to a Super Bowl. When are we going to get to ours? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When, when am I going to get mine? That's all I'm asking for. When am I going to get mine? When are we going to become competitors at the top level? Come on, Jets fans, I want to talk to y'all. When do you think the New York Jets will be competing for a playoff spot? When do you think that happens? I want to have that discussion. So we're going to get to these lines. Again, 515 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. If you're watching the stream, wherever you're watching me from, please give the stream a thumbs up. Also, subscribe if you have not subscribed. And hit that notification bell so when I post content, y'all be in the know. If you'd like to donate, hit the super chat. If you don't want to hit the super chat, please hit the cash app. It's right there at the bottom of the screen. Some people like to do that. So we're going to get to these lines. First caller I'm going to is my guy, Colin. Colin, we're coming directly to you. I know Colin's got some takes, okay? Colin has got some takes. Salutes to you, Colin. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Listen, Colin, you're looking at the New York Jets right now. I'm looking at this defense. How many pass rushers should the New York Jets look to add this season? Uh, good question, Joe. Uh, first of all, good night, Joe. Um, the lose, man. Yeah, you know, for sure, for sure, you know, before I answer that question, um, and I will answer that question in a minute, but the the one thing I wanted to ask you, Joe, was on the defense, or actually on the, the team, the team as a whole. If you had to say this is the position we need to address the most, mm-hmm. regardless of, you know, positional ranking and all this other crazy stuff, what position would you say the Jets need to really address, like, right away? Like, like the position that needs addressing right away? Um, uh, for me, I think okay. – I think Go ahead. Just just in general, right? You you have a team, and and you you know you you need to you need this this one position needs to be addressed like immediately. Um, for me personally, I feel it's it's the safety position. Um, okay. I just feel like we have no one there right now, right? We, you know, we're we're everyone is pretty much a hundred percent on board that Marcus May is not going to return. And Ashton Davis is not the guy. So I personally feel like that's the one position on the defense that needs addressing the most because we and, do and have, I, you know. Yeah, and I, I completely disagree with that. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and again, I want to thank you for calling in, Colin. I completely disagree with that, mm-hmm. and here's why. If we're talking about the most important position that needs to be addressed, in my opinion, it's got to be offensive line. And after offensive line – I would say offensive line and pass rusher is like 1A, 1B, or 1 and one and 2 right there. You can win in this when you, league when you and say, not have – hold on one second. You can win in this league and not have a great safety, right? We, we saw this right. year Agreed. after Marcus Agreed. May left, we have multiple different safeties back there, and the defense plays fine. If you also look at it in the context of how our team is built and how our scheme is ran, you don't have to have great safeties in the scheme that Seller runs. The, the Niners don't have, like, unbelievably great safeties. The issue with our defense is, and why you saw us getting bombed over and issues going on, is because we don't have a pass rush. When you don't have a pass rush, I don't give a damn who you got back there. 
If a guy has 30 years to throw the football, they're going to make plays. That's how it works in this right. game. You can Agreed. have a phenomenal safety. Listen, Jamal Adams was here. Everybody loves Jamal Adams. I'm just using this as an excuse. Jamal Adams mm-hmm. was a solid safety when he was here. He was good. He wasn't horrible. He was good, right? We were still getting abused defensively. Why? We had no pass rush. And he was a guy that literally was, I think he was close to the, to the record for sacks as a safety or whatever, but we had no real pass rush. That's why we were right, destroyed right. that year defensively. We, we couldn't get to anybody. So the same issues agree, that we had then defensively you, are the same issues that we had here. Yeah, but I agree with you, right? And, and here, here's where yeah. I'm having issues with, with, with the team, right? I okay. agree with you with the offense line needs to be built pass rush, all that, right? But uh-huh. right now, when you look when you look at the offense line, we do have Mackay Becton, we do have Vera Tucker, we do have um, George Fant, right? Um, yeah. We do have um, Conor McGregor. Is that correct? The, the center. Conor McGovern. Yeah, the center, right? Conor McGovern. Right, McGovern, right? And... You know, if if we want to say the one the one position we we need to address would be the the guard, right? The um right guard, right? Mm-hmm. If if Sant, if all the guys are are ready to play next year, right? Well, this year, um, we have we have guys in 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 place there, right? Then when when you you know, so we we can plenty draft a guy to go into that right guard position, and and you know if if, if Makai is healthy and he's at the left tackle, Veritaka, I think we have a good line right there. I'm not sure, you know, what position you would you would draft or address. Let's say in the free agency on the offensive line, what 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 would be yeah. the position you're you're referring to? That you want to address uh, for me, like for me, immediately. Yeah. And this, yeah, this is this is a great question for me. It's two positions. One is the center position. I am not sold on Connor McGovern, and I don't know why everybody else is. Mm-hmm. If you look at the first part of the okay. season, and this is why I said I think the offensive line is more important than anything. Who? What did we just draft high in the draft? A quarterback. Everybody believes that Zach Wilson is our franchise quarterback, right? Everybody is, like, sold on him. We just we just get big capital to get this guy, right? That's when we took him high. So if we did that, then what do we need to do? We need to build to ensure that he succeeds. The biggest issue that the New York Jets have had offensively, whether it was Sam was here or when uh, Zach Wilson has been here, has been pressure, interior pressure. Interior pressure destroyed Sam Donald's chance to be successful here. Now, whether you think he's a bum or what, I don't care about that. We've moved on from him. Yeah, I'm telling know. you what we all saw. Yeah, we saw that. Sam get hit constantly. We saw Sam get injured. We saw Sam suffer because he couldn't even we couldn't even we couldn't even properly evaluate him because he was under so much pressure. We couldn't figure out what he was or what he wasn't. But we said, you know what? Scrap all that. Just get him out of here because we don't even want to try to sign him because we don't even know what he is and what he is. And Joe Douglas was ready to just move on from him, right? Fine. Well, now we bring in Zach Wilson. Guess what the issue still is? Interior pressure. Everyone is acting like he wasn't running for his life the first season before he jacked up his PCL. That's exactly what he was doing. The big highlight play this year, him against the Titans, 
is him running away from pressure <laughs> to the outside and, and telling Corey Davis to get downfield so he can launch a ball. Does anybody remember the first game of the season? We played the Carolina Panthers. He was sacked six times. Six. Hassan Riddick and those boys destroyed him. They were coming from the interior. I remember when we played the Broncos. They destroyed him. Then we played the Patriots the first time he was getting shot. And you can keep going on and on. As a matter of fact, the last the game he jacked up his PCL in was against the Patriots when we played him again. Now think right. about so, that. So, so, okay, the lack so, of the, hold on, so hold on. He, the lack of protection. He, hold on he, a second. The lack of protection then did what? Costed us time to allow him to grow. It costed him time on the field. He missed so many games. And then when he came back, what did he say? My knee does not feel good. My knee is not stable. Until they told him to shut up, which I think is what they did, because he stopped talking about that eventually. But if you go back, you can read some of the reports. He literally was telling the media and the fans, my knee is not stable. You cannot grow a quarterback like that in this league. If you look at every other team that is succeeding in this league, especially look, hell, look at the Bills. Look at the, what the Bills are doing. Why? Because they can keep Josh Allen protected. They can allow him to go through his reads. If we do not fix our offensive line, and I don't know why people think our offensive line is fine, because it's not. Because, by the way, we're also ranked 27th in the league in rushing. We're in a run-first offense. How is that possible? Everybody just talks about blocking for Zach Wilson, but what about Michael Carter? What about him? This guy's a phenomenal back, but we can't figure it out because there's no holes open. We only rushed for 100 yards one time this year. One time. So, That's so, a big so, problem. So, so would you – Go ahead. So, so would you address that the offensive line – in the free agency, or are you more interested in getting a player from mm-hmm. the draft? I'm big on getting a player from the draft. Yeah, I'm big on getting a player from the draft. We're sitting at four right now. I know some people want to talk mm-hmm. about Kyle Hamilton at four. I'm not the least bit interested in drafting a safety. I, wouldn't, mm-hmm. I, I could see the New York Jets taking a guy like a Neal at four, or if we trade down from four, Hell, I, I've been a, I've been an advocate of taking Tyler Lindenbaum at four. I know people are saying centers don't matter. I don't know why people are saying that because we all praise Nick Mangold. <laughs> Nick Mangold could tweet, "Hey, I'm breathing air right now," and every single Jets fan would be like, "Oh God, he's breathing air! This is amazing!" Because we understood the impact that he had on this franchise, right? So, centers do matter in this league, and we don't have a good one. And so right. if you can so get a franchise you, guy take, that's going to change your franchise, you take him. So if they take uh, sure. Neil at four, where is he playing? What position is he playing? There's I'm just, talk I'm just about trying to like, like – Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's talk is about – Is he playing center? There, is, no, there's talk about him being a guard. Some people are saying that they can move him to guard. I know people have him at tackle because he plays there, but there's talk about him moving to guard. But like I said – you could take Neil at four, so, or you can take Tyler Lindenbaum, which is my well, guy. Well, well, my, my well, guy let's, is Tyler let's, Lindenbaum, let's, which is the generational center. So let's, so let's let's stick to Neil for a second, because if you take Neil, right, you're saying you're going to play him at guard. So we need to play mm-hmm. him at right guard or left guard. We're not going to play him at left guard because Barrett Tuck is playing guard, left guard, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, so you're 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 going to be drafting him to play the right guard spot. Mm-hmm. Is is that is that a wise choice at that pick? And 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 this is this is where I'm having the issue because yes, you would love to have to get draft the guy, but are you drafting him for you know the left side? Are you drafting him mm-hmm. to play no. the right guard spot? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, so no. This, this is yeah, why no, I, feel I, I hear like what you're saying. It's a, he's a great player, but is that a great pick for us? I'm not no, really on board be, with that pick. Yeah, well, here, here's the problem. You you can be on board with the pick because there's a huge hole at, at guard. That's why I said you could take him at four. But my personal pick, what I'd want to do, is I want to take Tyler Lindenbaum at four. I know people are going to look at me crazy, but he's a generational mm-hmm. center. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that you can't draft guards and centers at high in the draft because guess what? The Colts took Quinnen Nelson at six. Nobody will tell you that Quinnen Nelson was a bad draft pick at six. He's a generational guard. They literally run left all day. When we played them, they had 200, and I think they, they ran for like 230-something by the third quarter, and it was running behind him. They, that's literally their running game, running behind him. So I would take Tyler Lindenbaum. At four, because I will draft a center to protect my quarterback, and I will move Connor McGovern to right guard. And then whoever battles okay. it out, right? Hold on one second, Colin. Whoever battles it out, what, you can either wait and see what happens at, you know, between uh, Makai Becton and Fant to figure out who's going to be at that right tackle position. Or, again, because we have a pick at 10, you could end up taking a guy at 10. A tackle. Right. I have I have no issue with what you just said as far as getting Linderbaum. Um and I personally feel that if he's if he's there at ten, you take him at ten. I just mm-hmm. I just feel like you know, it's it is a good possibility he will be there at ten and I feel like I personally feel that if he's if he's there at ten, take him at ten. Mm-hmm. That the 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 fourth the fourth pick you know, it's a toss-up because we really don't know what these three teams are going to do in front of us. If mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson or, you know, um, Thibodeau falls to the Jets, obviously you're taking you're taking one of those guys without a heartbeat. Yeah. Right? You're, you're, yeah, you're taking that. the edge. Yeah, I can see that. So, so th- th- how I look at the draft is, you know, we sit at four because you're getting a top four player regardless, right? You're getting – one of the top four players you you can get at that spot. So you, you mm-hmm. possibly you can get the edge, you know, or you can get someone else. At ten, I don't have an issue with with Linderbaum. And then on on the second round, you know, depending on what happened with the first two picks, then you're going, you know, either guard, edge. If you don't get the edge in the first two picks, then you're definitely going mm-hmm. to have to take an edge in the second yeah. round. In those two picks, so yeah. you know the way I see it. When in those first four picks, we should at least address the edge, the guard, the center if the center is available as well, and you know then the other uh, pick in the second round. You know that's a toss-up. You can go, you can go to tight end spot there. You can go, you know whatever you want to go there, right? You can go wide receiver there. You can go a cornerback at safety. Um, 
but I just feel I just feel like this draft should be a little bit more heavier on the on the defense side after you address you know the guard position and and a tight end yeah. position. Well, and and I, and I hear that, and I understand why you know people are saying that we have the 32nd ranked defense in the league, and there's needs. But again, I think if we get pass rush, this this defense will look dramatically different. And also, I think when you look at where we're at within the rebuild, when you draft a quarterback like we did in an offensively driven league, you must build an offense. You can't look the way that we do offensively and think that you're going to win games either. You can't do that. You can't put your quarterback in the position that we have put our quarterback in. And, again, Joe is still building the roster, right, because he inherited a lot of nonsense from Mike McCagney. But you have to build to protect your quarterback because nothing will be functional here if Zach Wilson is not healthy or is constantly getting hit or can't get through his reads. Nothing will work here. Nothing will work here if Michael Carter – can't take a step or two and not have a guy in his face before he hits a hole. Nothing will work here. So we've got to fix that as well. But like you said, I, I definitely do think the New York Jets should focus on pass rush. I think that's going to be huge as well. So my last question before I let you go, these lines is hot, mm-hmm. is we talked about the draft and the impact that the draft could have, but free agency I think can have a big impact as well. And there's a guy that could be out there, Hassan Riddick, one of the better pass rushers in the league. Would he be a guy that you think the New York Jets should be after having? Yeah, I, listen, I, th- I think anyone, any free agent can make the team better. We should go after, right? We, should, we shouldn't just be counting mm-hmm. just the draft picks only. If, if there's guys that, you know, these guys are experienced, right? You, you, need, you need a mix of experience with, with, with the rookies, so... If you can go out there and get get a guy an edge, then you you save yourself picking an edge early in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. The same thing. If you can go out and get a guard, if you can go get a guard in, in in the in the free agency, you save yourself maybe picking a guy that early, and then you can pick maybe a wide receiver early or something like that. So mm-hmm. you know, the, I think the, the free agent signing is is going to set the tone of, of the draft, right? If we're able to yeah. get an edge, a guard, whoever it is, tight end, right? If we if we can sign those players in free agency, then you're setting yourself up much better in the draft to go get the position yeah. that you're going to really need. Then you can sign yeah. guys, you can draft guys that maybe you you didn't need to draft, right? Mm-hmm. But now you have those players in the free agency, so now you kind of like you know open up who you can actually draft, you know, come up, come draft day. So I, I think it's important that they, they, Joe Douglas go out and sign at least three free agents, you know, and, and three top free agents. So, yeah, yeah. We get an edge, we get yeah. a safety, you know, and free agency, you know, whoever we can get, let's get them. Let's not just rely on the draft picks only. Let's, let, let's, let's get the Let's get the um, experienced players on the team. Yeah, I hear you. Listen, Colin, I got to get to these lines. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. This was a phenomenal call from you, man. It really was. Let's give Colin a hand because Colin really brought something to the table. Colin brought it to the table. Oh, 
y'all doing too much early. Y'all doing too much early. Don't 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 clap too much early. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't pay y'all for that. But salute to you, Colin. I want to thank you for calling in, man. You have yourself a good night, my friend. Hey, right, Joe. Take care, buddy. Right. Have a good one. Listen, Colin calling in with the heat. Again, five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine is number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Please give the stream a thumbs up if you have not. Also, subscribe if you have not subscribed already, and hit that notification bell. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be hot. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Salute to all the savages. We'll come to you folks in a second. I know y'all got questions there in the chat. But next, we're going to go to my guy, Jacob. We're coming directly to Jacob. Salute Steve. Salute Venom. We'll come to you in a second. But Jacob, Jacob is on the line, and I know he can't wait to get his takes off. Salute to you, Jacob. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Listen, Jacob, there's a lot of talk about this defensive line. That's what we're talking about tonight. Quentin Williams, now that the season is over, what are your thoughts about his production so far? And has he lived up to being the third overall pick? Has he lived up to the hype, man? Hey, what's going on, Joe? Nice to talk to you again. And I definitely want to talk about Quentin Williams. Would also love to talk about the draft just like that last guy. But getting back to Quentin Williams, I think he's been – I think he's been solid enough to where we should pick up a fifth-year option and then definitely get a long-term deal done because um, while the numbers don't show it necessarily just in sacks, because I think for a lot of pass rushers, that's the first thing a lot of people go to is just, you know, oh, if they're not in the double-digit sack category, then are they really worth, you know, $15 million a year, $20 million a year or whatever? But he does a lot more than just getting sacks because he's more of a pressures guy. Similar to Carl Lawson. Yep. Carl Lawson only had five and a half sacks with the Bengals in 2019. Um, but, you know, he, or 2020, I guess. Um, but, you know, we paid him good money for that because he had, like, I want to say 50, 60 something pressures. And pressures are just mm-hmm. as important as sacks because getting in the quarterback's face, not every quarterback out there is prime Tom Brady with, you know, with pressure in their face. They know how to handle it and they're not going to make a dumb decision. Most of the quarterbacks in the league are not like that. So having a guy who can, you know, get pressure to the quarterback, um, you know, attract double teams here and there, um, and also be pretty solid in the run game, um, I think is definitely worth re-signing. Because at the end of the day, even if our whole defense as a whole, you know, got ran all over the place in the run game, you cannot put that on one single player. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, if the Rams give up 200 rushing yards, you can't just automatically say Aaron Donald is – you know, he's a liability in the run game. That's not fair to say. So, you know, for the people who are saying the Jets' run defense wasn't good enough um, and it's all Quinn and Williams' fault, I don't think that's a fair thing to say at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hear you there, Jacob, and I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one because of something you just said as well. Uh, you said there's some fans out there that are saying it's all his fault. Now, I won't say it's all his fault, but if he's the third overall pick and he's the guy that's supposed to be the dominant defensive tackle, wouldn't you say that some of it is like, hey, man, when they're running straight at you and we're seeing you get pushed aside like we saw we played the Eagles, like we saw when we played various other teams where we just got destroyed by the Colts, the Saints, we gave up 203 yards to them. I mean, don't you understand why some people are like, hey, look, I, you know, I get it. Third overall pick, he flashes here and there, but we'll hold, pump your brakes there before you start talking about picking up that fifth-year option because – a lot. There's some Jets fans that feel like he has not done enough. Well, yeah, I get it completely. And, of course, there's some of the blame is going to be on him just as it's going to be on everybody else because his defense is a whole and every individual mm-hmm. player has their own responsibilities. So are there going to be times where he's the one at fault for the, you know, the big first down or whatever? Sure, absolutely. I don't think there's 
any player who's not going to be at fault at some point, um, you know, throughout the season for giving up a big play. But I think at the same time, what he offers in the run and pass game is much greater than most of the defensive tackles in the NFL, I think. Now, I'm not saying he's the best. I'm not saying he's top three, maybe not even top five. But I think he's a top mm-hmm. ten defensive tackle. I think that's a fair, you know, thing to say. You could maybe argue top seven or, you know, if you really wanted to get um, the hot takes, you could say top five. But I think he's in that top seven to nine range, I think is a fair thing to say. And so when you have somebody like that on your team who's only, you know, 24 years old, I want to say, 23, 24, maybe 25, I'm not exactly sure, in that range where he's still very, very young, I don't think you can mm-hmm. let that go for nothing, especially when the defense is focused around the defensive line and not the secondary. You can't let something like that walk away for free. And okay. I personally just think he's too valuable to keep because a lot of the stuff that he does, the you know, the, the stat sheet's going to show. It's going to be some of the, you know, deeper statistics where it comes to pressure rates and percentages of run stuffing and um, pass win rate and stuff like that where – Unless you're really into football statistics, you're not going to really know much about that. Um, because yeah. At the end of the day, most people don't really care about those numbers. But those numbers matter, too, because those are some of the things that people don't see as much unless you're solely focused on watching him and nobody yeah. else on the defense. But he does a lot of the stuff that people don't see. So I'm really opposed to not picking up his fifth-year option. I think he's too good for that, especially with how much cap space we have. It's not like we're restricted on cap space and we're you know trying to find any little – room to squeeze out dollar bills to, you know, give to our players. We've got 60, 70 million left. So yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I think uh, in 2022, I think as of now, it is estimated that the New York Jets will have somewhere around 50 million. So definitely, yeah, we're going to okay. have some money to spend and kind of play with, but we've got to attack certain spots. And that leads me to my next question for you. Because there's Jets fans out there, and I've had conversations with multiple you know, people that say, hey, look, the Jets do not need to be worried about pass rush. We got Carl Lawson coming back this season or next season. He's going to be out there. All we got to do now is we got to focus on other spots. We need, there's been people that have talked about, hey, we need to take a safety. We need to be taking corners. We don't need to worry about pass rush and stuff like that. We got Carl Lawson. What do you say to those people? Do you agree with that mindset and thought process? Not really. I think in the draft at number four, if Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau is there, I'm 100% taking one of those two players. Um, I know you talked mm-hmm. about Tyrell Linderbaum at four, and, you know, to me, I'd be fine taking him at 10. I think four is still a little bit too high, but, you know, we can go back on back and forth on that in a little bit. But okay. if Aiden Hutchinson or Kyle or, uh, excuse me, Kayvon Thibodeau is there at four, I'm 100% taking one of them. But outside of that, yeah. I just, I really feel like the other pass rushers who are there are not worth taking in the top 10. I know some people are George mm-hmm. Karloftis people. They like him a lot. David Ajabo, yeah. whoever it is. I'm really not big on either of them, to be honest. I, I'm sure, you know, they're good players and they're going to produce in the NFL, but I think we can find better value at number 10. Um, and in free agency, I know you talked about Hassan Reddick. I think that would be a solid pickup because he, you know, he, he gets the sacks um, not as much as the, you know, as much as the, of the uh, pressures, as much as Carl Lawson does. But he does finish a lot of the time when he does get the pressure and get those sacks. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to that. But not a big fan of the um, pass rushing free agency group that we have this year, but in free agency, that is. But, um, you know, if the right guy is there for the right price, then definitely not opposed to that. And like I said, with 
Hutchinson and Thibodeau, if they're there at four, I think we definitely got to send in that car immediately. Yeah. Would you be against the New York Jets, just talking about free agency, would you be against the New York Jets taking a veteran like Jerry Hughes in free agency, maybe bringing him in for a one-year deal to kind of add him as a veteran pass rusher to this rotation? Would you be all right with that? Again, it depends on the price because, you know, he's – I think he's – I'm not exactly sure how old he is, but I know he's not, uh, you know, on the, the younger side of the yeah, NFL. He's, he's been in the league for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, for the right price, I wouldn't be opposed to it, I guess, but I don't think we should be overpaying for people who are not going to be part of the uh, long-term future, I think, because, you know, if he's in his early 30s or whatever it is, um, you know, that's not really what this team is about right now. We're trying to find younger talent because we're still a rebuilding team. We're not contending like the Rams who can just go get Vaughn Miller and he fits in perfectly for that one year or whatever it is. Um, Yeah. So – I mean, if it's like a, you know, four, five, six million dollars, sure. But if he's asking for, you know, in the double digit millions uh, for one year, I'm going to have to say no on that one. Okay. Okay. So when you look at the first round, there's some Jets fans that are looking and saying, hey, like you said as well, if Kayvon Thibodeau is there, you take him. Could you see the New York Jets taking two pass rushers in the first round? Because there's another guy, Jermaine Johnson, and his name is flying up the board all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I know you've probably seen it as well. Give me your thoughts on him, and could you see the New York Jets taking two pass rushers? If Kayvon Thibodeau is there at four, could you see them taking two pass rushers in the first? I could not see them taking two pass rushers in the first round. I think four is where we're really going to be looking for one. Um, But if Hutchinson and Thibodeau are off the board at four, I think our mindset immediately goes to either tackle slash guard, whether you consider – Evan Neal or Kim McQuarrie with a tackle or a guard um, or a corner of Derek Singley, or maybe if they consider Kyle Hamilton, uh, then it goes there. But I think if it's not going to be edge of four when both of those guys are gone, it's going to either be a tackle or a corner is how I'm thinking of it right now. Um, and if we don't get the edge of four, I really just don't see us taking the edge of 10. I don't think the right value is there. I think there's much better players um, at other positions of need at 10 than an edge rusher like Jermaine Johnson because he's a good player, but he's not worth the 10th overall pick in my eyes. When you look at another, there's another guy as well, Boye Mafe, that really has, his name is ringing bells as well. He's a guy that had big performance at the senior bowl. Where do you think that he could end up going? And do you think the New York Jets could end up taking him at 10? Uh, to be honest, I really don't know much about him. Um, I'm not really a guy who watches a lot of college film and stuff, but I do like to listen to what some experts have to say about the top guys. So I really don't know much about him. But what I do know is that there's pretty much zero chance he gets taken at pick 10. I think mm-hmm. he's, if anything, a late first-round pick. Um, I mean, maybe if he falls to the second round and we, you know, we have two early picks in the second round, so maybe we get him there. But there's pretty much zero chance in my eyes that we take him at 10. Okay. okay, okay. There's just a lot of people talking about him left and right. I've seen his name, you know, up pretty high now with everything that's going on. So when you look at this class, when you look at the draft, we just had a discussion a second ago. You said you wanted to kind of get into it. There's a lot of people as well saying, hey, safety needs to be addressed, safety needs to be addressed, safety needs to be addressed. Are you a guy that would take a Hamilton at four. Is that something that you would be interested in? 
I would not take him at four, but if he falls to 10, I'm taking him at 10, unless somebody uh, like Thibodeau or Neal or Ekwanu or Hutchinson makes a drastic fall to 10, uh, then obviously mm-hmm. one of those four is going to be the guy at 10. But if Hamilton's sitting in there at 10, I would strongly consider it because at the end of the day, we need good players on this football team. We don't – obviously safety is not – the biggest need in the world, but we need playmakers on the football team. Every good contending team has playmakers on both sides of the ball, whether it's at the pass rush position, whether it's at corner, whether it's at middle linebacker, they have people who can roam around the field and make plays no matter what's going on. And he can do just that. So while I think four is too high for him, at least for us, I could see the Lions or Texans taking him. And I hope one of them do because that makes our lives a bit easier, but I would not be opposed to taking him at 10 whatsoever. I think that's phenomenal value for a a playmaker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my final question for you, Jacob, because you've been bringing the heat, man, is, man, I just watched the Bengals compete in the Super Bowl, dude. How long do you think it's going to take for the New York Jets to be that team that's making that push in the playoffs, to being a team that's a contender? How long from now do you think it's going to take, Jacob? Yeah, I'll answer this one. I actually got – I want to ask you one question, too, because I'm sort of curious about this uh, from your stance. Yep. But I think, you know, until we're a playoff contender, I could maybe see us making a wild card push this year if everything goes right. But realistically, okay. I think this year is going to get us more into that, like, you know, if you watch the NBA, more in, like, that play-in type of range where mm-hmm. next year I think is when we become more of a wild card team. Um I think that would be, you know, a safe bet to say that next year we should be making a wild card push. Um, Not even saying division yet because the Bills are a very good team, but at least making a wild card push and being considered a wild card team by the start of next season. Not this upcoming one, but the one after that. I think that's fair to say. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, the question I – yeah. So now the question I've got for you is, Considering our team right now, and I know you're big on Tyler Linderbaum and we need to get interior offensive linemen, but hypothetically, obviously this is never going to happen, but if Quentin Nelson, Devontae Adams, TJ Watt, and Jalen Ramsey are all available right now, and you can take one of them to add to the team, who are you taking? (laughs) Pay attention. Pay attention to the Jacob. Everybody pay attention to Jacob and what he just tried to do. This is the most the craziest question ever. I'm taking Quentin Nelson. He is unbelievable. I'm taking Quentin You're Nelson. You're taking Quentin Nelson because, over T.J. Watt? Dude, T.J. Watt is definitely going to be there in my mind. But Quentin, when you look at the needs of the team, if you look at everything else that we have, T.J. Watt would definitely be a guy to be up there too. But, dude, Quentin Nelson is so unbelievable. Like, do you, do you literally see what the Colts do? They just run left. Oh, no, there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind he's the best guard in the yeah, NFL. They, they, they literally – he's just like, dude, I, I've watched – We, I, I mean, we all Jets fans and everything, but, dude, I've watched him for so long. I thought he was so phenomenal coming out. Dude, he, you just run left, and it, everything just opens up over there. Of course, T.J. Watt would be a guy that I would look at, too. This this is a, a fictional question. This would never there's happen. There's no wrong answer. But, there's no wrong answer. Dude. I mean, he is a generational guard. He's one of I mean, 
Dude, listen. I love Quentin Nelson. For those of you, and he played for a team. I don't even want to talk about what he was where he oh, was at know. college. But let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you. If he didn't play for that disgusting team, let me tell you, uh, d- dude. We did you see him manhandle our defensive line when we played him? He literally just like picked the guy up, and it was just a hole over there. Jonathan Taylor was just running for forever. <laughs> there was nothing we could do. Can you imagine what Michael Carter would look like running behind him? Oh, my God. And the sad thing is oh. that the Jonathan Taylor touchdown run in the third quarter that put him over, like, 200 oh. rushing yards wasn't even at that side. It was, like, the right side of the field, too, where he wasn't even involved, really. So, And he, he plays. He doesn't get hurt very often. He plays. Even when he is hurt, he, he was injured against us and still manhandled us. I, I'm, Quentin Nelson is just unbelievable. I'm telling you, I, I'm taking him. I'll take him. T.J. Watt is phenomenal. That's but fair. Quentin Nelson has been doing so long. He's just phenomenal. So. You know, listen, Jacob, I got to get back to these lines, man. Your question is crazy. Salute hey, like, you. I want to thank sometimes you. Sometimes you got to just have fun for with questions. Absolutely. You have yourself a good night, my friend. All right, you too. All right, have a good one. Listen, Jacob, call me. Listen, man, Quentin Nelson. Jeez, Louise. Jeez, Louise, man. Just run left. Don't even worry about it. Whatever play you call, it's going to work. You're running behind Quentin Nelson. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers, and we're having a lot of fun. Next, I'm going to my guy, Steve, and then we'll be coming to you right after that. Steve, salute. I want to thank you for calling in tonight, my friend. Listen, Steve, we are talking Jets defensive line talking about a lot of things we got going on here, the need for pass rush. When you look at Quinton Williams, man, what is your assessment of him after what we saw this season? Where do you feel he's at? Do you feel he's lived up to that high draft pick ranking? Hey, Joe. Well, first off, thank you again for having me on the show on the show tonight. You know, so now, so, so obviously now I, I know that before we start talking about, you know, situations with the team, you know, the one thing I'll just tell you this right now, you know, after the Super Bowl, you know, on Sunday night, you know, the 2021 season officially came to an end. And with this announcement, the 2022 New York Jets season officially begins. So now when you look at this situation, you know, I don't think Quinnen Williams is really up there at the top line alignment. But the thing is, though, like, this is now going to be year four, and he does have to prove himself this year. So I'm not really so sure if he's really up there just yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So are you a guy that's looking and saying, hey, the New York Jets should pick up that fifth-year option, or are you against it? Uh, You know, Joe, right now I I can't say right now but if I would, I, I wouldn't pick it up just yet. I would wait until okay. to see like what happened in year four, mm-hmm. and then see going forward. You know, like see seeing like where he's at. Where, okay, okay. Look, and you're, Steve, let me tell you something. I know some people are going to be like, "Oh, that's a that's a crazy take." You're not alone. There are quite a bit of analysts and fans as well that are saying, "Listen, don't pick up that fifth year option." He has not proved enough. But, there, again, there's things that New York Jets could do after. If he does, if you don't pick up that fifth-year option, you could end up signing him, you know, if he performs. So I respect that take. I respect that there, Steve. Now, 
when you look at the rest of the defensive line, Carl Lawson's a guy coming off that torn Achilles. What are your expectations for him next season? Do you think he'll be able to come back and be that big-time pass rusher that we need him to be? No, I think he will because, you know, he did suffer the injury back in August. And I remember it was back in December when when he did mm-hmm. announce on his on his uh, Twitter that he was moving in the right direction. I think he'll be ready to go by, by like, the spring and even before training camp starts. And I think he mm-hmm. will be back at the level where, where we want him to be. But, Joe, I do agree with you. The biggest thing that the Jets do need in this offseason on the defense is getting a pass rusher. Because, listen, I know we have Carl Lawson, but we got to get at least another guy. Because the thing is, unfortunately, is the New York Jets haven't really had a, an, an outstanding pass rusher since John Abraham. Mm-hmm. And we, we yeah. need a pass rusher. Because cause the thing is, is that, that that's, that's been another one of the reasons why, why the Jets have not been successful the last few years is because we don't have a pass rusher for, for our team. We, we need that pass rusher. And, I mean, obviously, you know, when you look, when you look at the Jets um, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I, I do agree. I, I think the biggest need that we need on the offense right now to start this offseason is we got to get someone either in the draft or in free agency to protect Zach Wilson. Because, listen, Zach – because the problem is, listen – I don't. I want to see a quarterback on the New York Jets finish a full season. Like, like I don't want. I don't. I don't want to see my quarterback getting hurt and then missing a couple of games. Because remember, last year we we lost Zach Wilson for a few games because of the injury he had against New England with the PCL injury. Luckily, it wasn't mm-hmm. torn, which was good because if he if it got torn, Wilson's season would have been done. But now, because yeah. the, the thing is, Joe, when I look at also the thing with the draft at, when the Jets are at number four, and listen, I, I would love the pass rusher from Oregon, and I would especially love the pass rusher from Michigan and Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. I think one of those players is going to go between the, the first three of the draft. But but the thing is, I I wouldn't mind getting an offensive lineman at number four if Evan Neal is there as well because we gotta find someone to protect. Listen, the Jets and for Jets fans who are saying, oh, we need to get a safety at number four. Listen, any listen, I'm not saying Kyle Hamilton is 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 um is not a good player. I think he is a phenomenal player and he's got good range, good speed. But let me tell you something right now. You do not pick a safety at number four. I will repeat, you do not pick a safety at number four. Because what, even if he has great talent, you still don't pick him at number four. A safety does not win you football games. It is your pass rusher and your offensive line that protects your quarterback. He's bringing the heat. <laughs> Woo, Steve, that was a hot one, man. Listen, you were talking about the draft, and, I mean, you're really bringing the heat right there. So say Kayvon Thibodeau is there for we take him. Could you see the New York Jets taking another pass rusher at 10? Could you see that happening? 
It depends on it depends on who is available on the board, Joe, because there are rumors about that what some Jets fans think that they should do at number ten is get Zach Wilson a weapon. And that's why I've been hearing about maybe getting the guy Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, who's a phenomenal mm-hmm. who is a great for two, who who's supposed to be one of the top receivers in the draft. Because, you know, if we could get a top receiver in the draft, I wouldn't buy that at number 10 either because there, cause there was the mock draft that did come out. I mean, Joe, would you be okay with taking a receiver at number 10? Yeah, uh, there's guys out there. Uh, there's a guy from USC, Drake London. I don't know if anybody knows him, but he's really well, good. I, I know and, you, uh, I heard here we go. I'm just saying that he's out there. I know he's your boy. Whoa, 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 I know whoa, he's whoa, your boy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait a second, Steve. Wait a second, Steve. Now, it's not about him being my boy. He's just that damn good. You know what I'm saying? He's just that damn good. I mean, what do you want from me? What I'm more do speak. you want from me? Just being honest, all right? When you got a guy hey, that can play, hey, that can go up and get the football, be a big target for a, a young quarterback like Zach Wilson, <clears throat> I'm just saying, red zone target, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, that's all I'm saying, though. See, yeah, continue I on. know. No, listen, Drake London, I think Drake London is a phenomenal talent, too. But I will say this. If let's mm-hmm. say Kyle Hamilton is still is still on the board, and if he is at number ten, I wouldn't mind taking him at ten, but I would not take oh. him at number four. Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand that. So my no, final question listen, for you: Listen, I understand. Hang on, Joe. Joe, I understand mm-hmm. that we do need help at the safety position in 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 mm-hmm. in, in our in our defense because obviously. We don't know what's going to happen with Marcus May if we're going to resign him or not. I don't know. I don't think we will, but we'll see what happens going down the road. But the thing is, but the thing is, Joe, the one thing that has to happen first is free agency. Hey, and listen, the Jets could could get two safeties in free agency, and then we wouldn't have to worry about drafting Kyle Hamilton. Just saying. Yeah. If, if let's say we yeah. get two safeties in in free agency, because I did hear that the Jets are very, very high on a couple of players. Um, the guy from the Saints, uh, Marcus Williams, I know is one Williams, of them. Yep. And then the other guy yep. just from the Bengals, uh, Jesse Bates is another one that I heard too. So, I mean, listen, we're going to see what happens by the time with the middle of March goes. So, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, you, you know, you're talking that talk, like I said as well, free agency could be where we actually target the safety position. I know a lot of people worried about that, but like you said as well, Marcus Williams is a guy that the New York Jets can end up taking there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But my final question for you, Steve, before I let you go is, when you look at the Jets, we just saw the Bengals competing in the Super Bowl. We've seen all the issues with the Bengals for years. Now they're back into respectability. When do you think the New York Jets will get their time to shine? How far away do you think the New York Jets are from competing, from being a top-tier competitive team in this league? How long? One year, two years, three years? How far away do you think it'll be? I'm not. I'm not going to say right now how many years it's going to be, Joe. I mean, listen. Well, every that's the question, year Steve. is that's kind of the question. I would. How, I would say maybe at least two years away, three years away. I would say like if if things continue to go in the right direction, I say two to three years. But you know something, okay. Joe. Every every year, Joe is totally totally different. I mean, listen. 
the Bengals were were the were one of the biggest Cinderella teams that happened this year. And I got to tell you something right now. Not only did the Bengals just make the Super Bowl this past year, they are a team that that is heading into the right direction in the future. Like I think they've got one of the brightest futures in the AFC as of right now. The thing is, the thing is, you know, they got they've already got a, a great quarterback in Joe Burrow. You know, they got him Jamar Chase and T Higgins yep. and all those players that they have. You know, something, Joe. We get listen. I'm not saying that the Jets have to be like the Cincinnati Bengals. They have to be the New York Jets and win games. You know, they got they got mm-hmm. they they got to take this at least one year at a time. And you know, listen, we're gonna see what happens in another month with free agency. But the one last thing I before you let me go, you know, a huge congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams of winning the Super yeah. Bowl this past Sunday. But now, but now it's time. It's now time for the off season to begin the off season to begin and you know let's see hopefully things will continue to go in the right direction you know with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala building th- this team yeah absolutely Steve you brought the heat man yeah. listen I want to thank Steve for calling in he always brings the heat this guy's got takes you know what I'm saying Steve knows his thing so salute to Steve we're going to keep getting to these lines again Five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Please give the stream a thumbs up as well if you have not already. And also subscribe if you have not subscribed. You know what I'm saying? And hit that notification bell so when I post content, y'all will be in the know. Next we're going to my guy, Venom G's, okay? We going to Venom. Listen, for those of y'all that do not know, don't play with Venom. You wanna know why? Yo, what's happening, Salute, brother? Man. What's going on, oh, man? man? We sitting here, we talking Jets. You know what I'm saying? There's been a lot to discuss. You know, <laughs> you look at this defensive line. We've been talking about it all night, dude. Give me your analysis on Clinton Williams after what we saw this season. What, what do you think about yeah. him? What are your thought process about him at this point? Has he lived up to that third overall pick hype? Ah, man, Joe, it, I think what's happening with Quentin is the same thing that's happening with Zach. When you don't put pieces together, you see mm-hmm. a weakness in players. So if you if you have what most people are doing now is putting two people on Quentin and then singling everybody else around him. So when you have five mm-hmm. offensive linemen and then only four defensive linemen, they double Quentin, push him around, stuff like that. And sometimes he has some good moves, but they're not putting enough pieces around him. I think this year he'll 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 step up a little bit more. But I want them to beef up that defensive line too. And I don't even know why they paid JFM all that money, man. So that, Talk about that's, it. That's I, 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 I don't. Go ahead. I don't think he's. I don't think his his production matches the money they paid him. But they see something in him we don't. I would have gave. I would have held held that money on, held on to that money, and just give it to a free agent instead of paying him all that money. Because when when you give a player that much money, you have to produce, man. You just can't. When you pay a player like, a player like that, you have to apply pressure so Quentin could get free. 
or have yeah. you have to have some type of some type of status on the field. You just can't be another number on on the field. And that's what JFM is to me, man. He's just another number. Quentin is a dog, and they got to supply yeah. other dogs around him. And I think I think I like Carl Lawson. I, I would like to see them go with Dante Flowers some on, on the other side. You got to put somebody around him, like just like how they did with um with the Rams. And Sunday, you saw it. You saw how Vaughn Miller yeah. was, was getting off this edge. And the interior off defensive line was coming through. So ninety nine, Aaron Donald's a beast, man. And I see Quentin if you put pieces around him, he could probably take on some of that that type of stature coming down the middle because he's always in the middle. He's always pushing it back. So he has the ability to do so. They just gotta put the pieces around him. Yeah. And and, and no, we yeah, saw I the mean, same thing. You we saw the same thing in in um, Cincinnati when they had Shaq um, Barrett, and then he went to Tampa Bay, yep. and he had the 22-sack year. It's all about the people mm-hmm. you have around him. You put him beside JPP, and then, you know, you see him flourish. So they, they have to they have to get pieces around him and Zach so they can start, you know, seeing their potential, just like you were saying with Sam Donald. You can't have these people. There's no quarterback in this league without an offensive lineman that can make things work. We saw that last year in the playoffs with um, McHomeboy. Patrick Mahomes against the Bucks. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't. He couldn't even throw and look down the field. He was running for his life. Even you saw it mm-hmm. this year with Joe Barrow without a line. Look at the last play without that line. With that line being stacked, the, the outcome yeah. would have been different. So that offensive line, you got to secure that. Look at look at what happened with RG three when he didn't have an offensive lineman. He's running for his life. Look at what's happening with Lamar Jackson right now. He's running for his life. He's out. These are these are things where you see these teams and these quarter is shortening their lifespan when you see them running out there running for their life. We don't want Dak to be on the same Joe Burrow tra- train where he get hurt the first season. He's hurt again. So we don't want Zach to do that. I want to see him healthy for a whole full season. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm all, all in with you on, Joe, is just building that offensive lineman, getting the pass rusher, things like that first. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you're, you're talking you're talking facts right now. You brought up J, uh, John Franklin Myers. And, you know, like you said, the early in the season, I'll tell you what, he was showing some flashes, and then it was just kind of dead down the stretch and we didn't get much of anything else. So I'm hoping that he's able to kind of get it together. Like you said as well, there's guys that needed to be added because I think he'd be better just kind of within the rotation. He's not the ipto facto kind of guy. And so for me, Hassan Riddick is the guy that I look at that I'm like, bro, if he's out there, the New York Jets need to be, need to be after him. Are you in agreement with that, man? Do you think that he's a guy that's Jets target? Definitely. Definitely. Because right now, I think right now through this draft, they have to build on the defense and then uh, on free agency, build through the defense and then our, our offense in the draft, man. I think that's the way to go. If you want to go, I'm, I'm all, I'm get a safety. If you're going with Jesse Bates, get him. If you're going with somebody that's a lesser statue but has a high football IQ, I would deal with that. But it has to be somebody that's in the same range of a Marcus May that can come down, play many positions, have a, uh, a high IQ, man. 
But I, mm-hmm. I, I'm all in you with Reddick, man. I, I definitely, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing him in a Jets uniform. Now, uh, another guy that I, and there's a couple other guys out there that's going to be out there too, but I'm looking at guys like Jerry Hughes, right? He's a veteran. He's no spring chicken. But oh, would you be yeah, against, I <laughs> would, you, would you be against the New York Jets bringing him in for maybe a one-year deal just to help out within the rotation? No, I think we need that. No, I think we need that. We need somebody in there that has experience, especially if you're going to draft a rookie pass rusher. You definitely need Mm -hmm. somebody with experience in there to show them the ropes, show them what they're doing wrong, and improve them. So I think the best way you can do it is just showing them and teaching them and letting them see what they've done wrong. And a veteran will probably take them under the wing, show them some moves and things like Mm -hmm. that. I have no problem with a one-year deal. $8 $8 million, something like that. And I, I think that's the way we should go, is get some veterans in to show these rookies that's coming in how to be professionals and also how to play their position. And just take a little, give them, give them some time where they could take a breather, come back in. So I think that's, that's def, definitely the right way to go. Yeah. I don't I mean, want, I don't want nobody to... Yeah, I don't want to mm-hmm. get somebody that's 25 and pay them $50 million. You know, I, I don't want to do something like that. But I think we should get people that's in the 20 to $30 million range if they're going to be multi-year contracts. But, and they're going to have to be young. But right now, I wouldn't mind getting veterans and letting them show the rookies what, the, what they have to do this year. Yeah, no, I hear and you even, now. Going back... Mm-hmm. Go go ahead. I'll let go you on, finish Joe. it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, so, I was so just even talking even about people. Nah, go on. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. Go 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 ahead. Go ahead. No, I would say I, I would say even me. I'm thinking about just from the scheme. I, I think it's Lakin from San Francisco to the guard. I think I wouldn't mm-hmm. even mind having him come over and just give him a two year contract for even twenty twenty five million. Something like that, just so he knows the system, he knows the offense, he knows how to, how to move it and how it's supposed to be ran. So I think that's the most important piece is the center. If you have somebody that's a center that can tell, yo, this is the right, we run into the right this time, we're blocking to the right this time. Let's let's get every play in in check and call all the plays and let them know, and it makes it easier on Zach. So I wouldn't mind having yeah. somebody from San Francisco come over. A veteran that that's you know on the end tail end of their career, that's ready to you know to step in, that's on their way out in their situation already. Yeah. No. Listen, I, I hear you there. That's something that we could do along the offensive line. But going back to the defensive line, because you you gave so many great takes there. There's a lot of Jets fans that are looking at Sheldon Rankins right now, and they're saying, listen. <laughs> You want to talk about JFM, there's a lot of people that really don't like him. There's a lot of people that are saying that they would like to see the New York Jets cut him. Now, if they do cut him, I think they save like four or $5.4 million on the cap. You know what I'm saying? That's something that could be utilized in free agency. What are your thoughts on Sheldon Rankins and his performance on the season, and would he be a guy that you think the New York Jets should move on from? No, I, I think you should keep him because he gave, you know, with him and Quentin in the middle, I think is is solid, it solidifies it a little bit more than Fadakasi. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, you know, get rid okay. of Fadakasi and keep Rankins in because Rankins, even though it's not on the stat board, you saw him in the backfield a lot. You saw he knows how to 
his IQ is so so vast that he could he knows okay this is a toss to the outside. So even if it wasn't on the stat sheet, even the hurries he's taking some of the double teams from Quentin so he could get a stack here or he could get in the backfield. So I think Rankins is a good veteran to keep in. If you're paying him four million, keep him on keep that on the books for this year and and let go of Fadakasi. Mm-hmm. I think I don't Fadakasi, I don't know, like you said, in the run game run on so the whole our defense was getting ran on so I don't know if he would be that much of a help I'd rather you know let him go and then keep rankings yeah yeah so when you look at the draft because you talked about the draft quite a bit as well when we're looking at the pass rushers in the draft I know we haven't discussed like a guy like Thibodeau if Kayvon Thibodeau is there for are you taking him do you have any reservations because there's some Jets fans now that are saying that they wouldn't take him at four We've had people call in and say that they wouldn't take him at four. What are your thoughts on that, man? Is he a guy that you would take it for if he slides there? Joe, I would give you the ticket to put his name on it to take up there, man. <laughs> Is he, oh, Joe, right up there so fast. <laughs> I, Joe, this guy is he with the ticket. phenomenal, he with man. The ticket. He's he's. Yeah, <laughs> he's the real deal. He's the real deal. And I'm telling you, his IQ is, is – he has a high football IQ as well, too. And this dude, he has, he's like a young Von Miller. He, his bend off the mm-hmm. edge is so good. I, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate. Any other position, I wouldn't even deal with at four. If they say safety, I'm, I'm going – if it's Thibodeau's there – Okay, cool. If he's not there, going offensive lineman. So there, Thibodeau, mm-hmm. I, I I would run from my house. <laughs> Get the Rockefeller Center, run in the building with yo, yo. I'm telling you, this is yo Thibodeau. If he's there, you got to, you have to take him, man. I, I yeah. you know, he's and his youth with his youth and Carl Lawson on the other side, that would be oh man, that would be nasty. That would be nasty. Yeah. And I we see we see every place else. We see how the dude from Washington is playing. The in his second yeah. year, we see how, you know, um the Barrow kid is I I think it's Barrow on um San Francisco, the young kid in his second year. They they man, these pass rushes are Looking amazing, man. These this isn't the yeah. pass rushes of old, you know. So I, I yeah. wouldn't mind. I, I would take Thibodeau in a heartbeat. Yeah. So when you look at the the tenth pick as well, let's say Thibodeau's there at four. Could you see the New York Jets taking another pass rusher at ten? No, uh, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't even do it. I wouldn't even do it if I if I'm taking another pass rush. It's going to be in the later rounds. I'll probably get somebody oh. to protect that. You know. And, and at okay. that 10 spot, I'm going I'm going offensive okay. line at 10, you know, and probably tight end in the second and maybe another offensive line. Then on at the – with the second second pick in the second round. But I'm okay. going heavy on, on offensive line. I'm doing – I'm probably going to do with, what the Cincinnati Bengals are going to do is just secure up that old line. And make sure Zach yeah. has enough time. We 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 did a disservice to Sam. We did a disservice to Zach his first year. We gotta we gotta make sure. And I know 
Joe is like, damn, I act up, so I got to make it right. And I know he probably will. <laughs> you yeah. know, because yeah. he, again, he, told, he told Sam Parents, he told Sam Parents, I'm going to make sure your yeah. son don't get killed. He's he damn near yeah. dead in the water in Carolina right now. Well, I mean, he's not getting killed here. He did say he was going to give him weapons <laughs> and surround him with weapons, but he did. He sent his ass to Carolina. Yeah, and, and even, <laughs> you know, Joe. He sent him straight to Carolina, even, man. Mm-hmm. Even even speaking about Carolina, even that mm-hmm. if I if we talking about offensive weapons, I don't think there's probably one better than that DJ Shark kid from the Panthers, man. If we were looking for a wide receiver, that kid is a beast, man. Catches everything that's thrown to him. Is man, yeah. I know him and Sam looked at good the first six games, man. I I wouldn't mm-hmm. hesitate pulling the trigger on on DJ Shark, man. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, man. There's rumors, and I didn't want to really talk about There's rumors about Robbie Anderson coming back to the Jets and Ah, how, you know, he feels like there's unfinished business. That's that's kind of floating out there, but I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know. You know, I don't know, man. I I understand you feel like you got unfinished business, man. A girl breaks up with me, I'm not going back to say, hey, we got to finish this. Talk to him, Venom. Venom, talk to Yo, him. Yo, it's over. Venom, talk to them. Talk to them. Yo, talk to What them. more I, do I, you I, want I, from me? Yo, Venom said, Yo, I, I put it down. Either you in or you out. Yeah, and I know, and I know for a kid, DJ Shark, over there in Carolina, Robbie, who when I DJ Shaw, he's 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 something else, man. And I think that would be a great addition to the wide receiver room. And I hope they keep this um kid Mims, man, and see what. Hopefully, he's in the playbook now while we're talking and, and doing, getting to learn now. that. Now you no, you was doing know. good before you brought up Mims. Now, man. come on now. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it real I go with from you. Okay. Mims. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it real with you, okay? Just between yeah. me and you, yeah. okay? It's just between me. Ain't nobody else. You know, it's between me and you. I'm gonna keep it real. All right. Now listen. I like Mims too. You know what I'm saying? You like Mims. I like him too. But the boy don't know the playbook. And uh, when we were down like three, four wide receivers, we still ain't see that man on the field. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that yeah. it ain't looking yeah, good for him. Well, you know, I'm just, God, I'm just saying man, it ain't God. looking good for him. You know? God, <laughs> I, I ain't the one trying we to did. put it out there. I'm just saying <laughs> he ain't playing, you know? <laughs> you know there was a dude we picked off the street. Uh, uh, I think it was Tariq Black, who literally came into the game. Oh, we were man. down a ton of wide receivers. Bro, had more targets and catches and yards just, than Denzel, yeah. and Denzel been on the damn team the entire year. Bruh. I don't yeah, think and, he's gonna be here. I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't. I, I just don't. I don't think so. I want it, man. I, I know. I know. And we've been talking about Barrios, man. He's looking like he may be Ooh. hitting the free agent because he's requesting this big money. And he's saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, you, you, you know." And everybody's. And this is the thing that Joe Douglas doesn't get. I, I guess 
is the way you treat people, it comes back full circle. They know you don't play the people that stay there and be homegrown with you. Why the hell I'm going to stay here for and go negotiate with you and you ain't paying, you ain't paying nobody. You ain't paying Robbie. You ain't, the only person you paid was JFM. That yep. could have came to Barrios, man. This is this is a crazy organization. Hopefully they get this right, man. Hopefully they get this thing right. But if you're looking at Barrios, and I hear you, Venom, but if you're looking at Barrios, what is the max that you're even willing to give him? Because there's a lot of talk that he wants $9 million per. Are you willing to do that? Talk to me. Nah, nah, Talk nah. To me. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to let him walk, man. I'm, 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 I'm gonna let him walk, man. Nah, I, you know what? I, Bruh, I, I would give you was I would, just on Joe. I, I you was just on Joe Douglas back, and then I asked you, and you like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll let him go ahead. He can, I'll give him up, he can hit the door. I ain't you know, I, I'll get, I'll give him up and just get. Uh, Cordell Patterson, man, somebody that killed us on the Falcons. I'll get him. That does yeah. the same thing that Barrios does. And you can run, play fullback, I mean, halfback, and then catch the ball out the backfield. So, you know, and put him mm-hmm. at a wide receiver, and he's still cooked. So I'd rather say, all right, get out of here. We'll bring in um, Patterson and let him, you know, do everything you was doing. So, I, you know, yeah, I, yeah I, I'll be up there with Joe. <laughs> My final question for you before I let you go, bro. When you look at the Bengals, bro, they're competing there in the Super Bowl. That was a team that, a franchise that for years looked like it was just the blind leading the blind over there, right? Just a bunch of clown yeah. nonsense going on. Well, they're in the Super Bowl. I think, you know, if they can make it, there's no excuses anymore. So when you look at the Jets, man, how long do you realistically think it's going to be before we're competing at a really high level, before we're making those playoff pushes and hopefully one day, you know, being in that Super Bowl? How long do you think it's going to be? A year, two years, three years? I think this year year, we're going to make – we're going to make a push – I think <laughs> you know, Joe. I think you heard we'll that. Make a push. We'll make a we'll make a push, but I think give us two years because we. I look at the Bengals, man. What they did was just add through free agents, man. They their defense, they you know solidified it through the um, free agencies, and they got the pass rushes this year. Last year they didn't have so you know they they did a lot of good things man in a short amount of time. Only thing they didn't do was the offensive line part of it, and I I, yep. they, I guarantee they're going to address that this year. So I I, I think you know I I think they're going to be in the running for a long time, and I think we we have two years before we're right there with them competing, and, and with the the Bills and the Patriots and stuff like that. I, you know, I just have a feeling that the Patriots are, are not going to be as good next year with with Josh McDaniels gone. So I want to see who they're going to put in that offense um, play caller. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, you know the Patriots cool. always find a way. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. The Patriots always find a way, and I can't <laughs> stand them just like a lot of people. I'm being honest. I've told this people this yeah. for years. Every single year people be like, oh, the Patriots are trash. Oh, they're not. And they always end up somewhere in the playoffs. 
competing. This year, we literally, with the Patriots, this is a down year. They're going to, they smashed us both games. Mac, they won a game with Mac Jones. I don't even think, like, threw a pass. It was something like they just ran all game. He didn't even throw much at all. And they know they know how, how to do it. They know they said, Okay, yeah. we're missing players here. Okay, let's spend a hundred million dollars, get in these tight ends, get some Backs. they even gave away Gilmore and, and still yep. they don't care. They replace you like like you're nothing and say, Oh, we'll get it done with, with whoever else we have out here. Their offensive line is all beef, so they they got it all together, man. And, and they have interchangeable yeah, pieces where they could where they could swap them in and out. And I don't know how they find these players. They could find them in the seventh and sixth rounds, and they Dude, be Pro Bowl players. They've been doing that years. for so long. They they took players that were. Yeah. Oh, remember Danny Woodhead? He used to be a Jet. Danny yeah. Woodhead was here. Yeah. We cut him. They went and picked him up, and he just went over there and just 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 lit us up every time we play. I mean, yeah. just, that's just what they do, man. That's just what they do. But yeah, and they, they got the big contract from the Chargers. Then he got the big contract. Yeah, yeah. man, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that's this what season, they do. They, you know, we'll be able to blast them because they crushed us last year and, and jacked up Zach's PCL as well. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. Why with an offensive line, everybody keeps showing defense, safeties. You you can't mm-hmm. see this guy keep getting hit like this, and and the offensive lineman can't even. You you they just let him by like all right, go on, get him, sack him. <laughs> there yeah. it goes. It's our quarterback, and nobody even comes yeah. to his defense. Even look at Joe Barrow. Once they hit him out of bounds, Aaron Donald pushed him Ooh. out of bounds. The whole team jumped on him. We don't have nothing yeah. like that here. We don't have those monsters, so we need we mm. need to get some guys like that. Like, don't touch my 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 quarterback. Don't touch my running back. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta you gotta get those those guys that's built like that, and they have to build yeah. that culture. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Venom, I want to thank you for calling in, bro. This has been a phenomenal call. No. Next time I have a show, Venom, I want to hear from you, bro. Definitely, bro. You know it. You know it. Anything on the savages. Have a good one. Mm. Joe, have a good one. I'm out. All right, peace. Listen, Venom, Venom knows what he'd be talking about. And salutes to Venom, man. Salutes to him. I forgot, if I forgot to mention, there was also some coaching changes as well for the New York Jets. Jets essentially coach uh, Jake Moreland moved, and he went to the Broncos. He's going to become their tight end coach. And the Jets also hire Nathaniel Willingham as a defensive assistant. That is, you know, the son of uh, Tyrone Willingham, for those of you that don't know. You know what I'm saying? Former college coach. I'm not going to talk about the college you went to because I can't stand them. But, you know, if you know, you know. So salutes to the Jets making those moves. But let me tell you something. This is a hot show, a lot of calls. Salutes to all the savages as well. Salutes to my guy J.E. in the chat. He says, if Hamilton is Ed Reed, I'm taking him at four. Ed Reed was a difference maker. I hear a lot of people say that about Hamilton, that he's Ed Reed. I heard. I feel like people throw that around a lot. Any good safety, people just say, oh, he's Ed Reed. I remember people were saying Jamal Adams was Ed Reed. I remember that, right? Here's the deal. If you look at the Ravens, I'm not saying that Ed Reed was, a, Ed Reed was an unbelievable football player. Let's just get that out the way. Hall of Famer. One of the best players to ever be in the league. But when you look at the Ravens and how they were built defensively, a lot of people forget that the Ravens had all their positions of impact in line 
so that Ed Reed was able to also go out there and make those plays. It helped him. When you got guys like Jamie Sharper, Peter Bowyer, Tony Saragusa up front, when you got McAllister, who's one of the best corners in the league, and he was like, I think he was like 6'2 or 6'3 or something like that. He was a huge corner, huge lanky corner, just out there knocking balls. He was one of the best corners in the league. When you look at how the Ravens were built, that's why they could do some of those things. The Jets are not built like that. The Ravens had a pass rush. We don't have a pass rush. And we're waiting for Carl Lawson to come back to figure out what we're actually going to get from him. We have no pass rush. And there are some people that say that we need a corner as well. There are some Jets fans that still think that we have question marks at corner. I do like Bryce Hall a lot. I think he's a very good corner. But there are so many issues here. So that's why I'm telling people when you talk about taking safeties because they're Ed Reed, wait, wait, wait. Let's start looking at the context of our football team, okay? Because if we can't get any pressure, it doesn't matter, you know, what's going on back there with a guy that you take in the draft. He's going to get burned because you're going to have 30 years to throw the football on us. And we saw that. I remember people telling me that Jamal Adams was the second coming to Ed Reed. And our defense was getting cooked with him. Cooked. Go back and watch the game. Because we couldn't get after the passer. We didn't have our positions of impact together. Safety is great. Ed Reed, phenomenal. Phenomenal player. But if you look at the current day NFL, you don't need great safeties to win games. If you look at the last time the New York Jets were competing at a high level, when we were at the AFC championship games, Jim Leonard, not some mind-blowing safety. He wasn't a Hall of Fame safety. He was a good safety that knew where he was supposed to be. That was it. Why were we where we were at, right? Why were we in the championship game? It was because our position and impact were together. Best corner in the league, he shut down half the field, right? We had a serviceable good corner on the other side. We also had pass rush that could be manufactured via blitz. That's how we won games, okay? <laughs> like, we got to start – you know, doing that. We got to start looking at those things. I get it. But taking a safety in the first round, I don't think would be good for the New York Jets. I just don't think it would be good. So we're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515 is the number. Call in. Next, I'm going to my guy from North Carolina. He's calling in. Angelo, we'll get to you in a second. Salute to you. <laughs> this is my guy from North Carolina. Hey, he knows his stuff. Man, listen, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Let's get into it, okay? Quentin Williams. Oh, yeah. What is your assessment of him after watching him this season? And if you're the New York Jets, if you're Joe Douglas, are you picking up his fifth-year option to keep him here in 2023? Uh, I think if they do decide to pick it up, uh, I expect the price tag to be a little higher problem would Joe be willing to pay. But I think we mm-hmm. probably had to wind up at some point restructuring him, just like C.J. Mosley. Some of these contracts had to be restructured. And then we still got that mm-hmm. dead, I guess what they call the dead cap, Tremaine Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, some of those contracts, Quincy Nuno. I wonder what the status of some of those deals are, hopefully in the next year or so we can get some of that money back. Chunk yeah, I think money. Tremaine Johnson uh, yeah, yeah, Tremaine Johnson has – his stuff has fell off, fallen off, I believe. Uh, so he he's out of here. But – well, if that that um, extension or that that um, fifth year option, I believe it's ten million guaranteed estimated at this point. 
There are some yeah. um, there are some things that can tighten it up to I think about sixteen million. I think if it's he if he makes the Pro Bowl, but a lot of that is still uh-huh. again in flux. These are just estimated amounts. Uh, you know, from people that are, you know, in that cap situation. So, yeah, Yeah. $10 guaranteed, that could be quite a bit. So I know you're like, hey, you know, I don't know about that. But you're not the only person. You're not the only person that's kind of questioning, hey, can you you take that? You're not the only person that that is looking at it like that either because there's a lot of Jets fans that are saying, hey, you know, I wouldn't do it either. So when you look at that situation, right, when you look at what he's done and you you question, you know, taking that that fifth-year option, there's a lot of Jets fans that look at Carl Lawson and they say, hey, we got a pass rusher in Carl Lawson already. We don't need to target yeah. another one in the draft because he's going to be there. We've had people call in and talk about taking a safety over a pass rusher. We've had people say, oh, no, I, I don't want to have anything to do with Kayvon Thibodeau. Give me your they're thoughts on that, wrong. on that idea. They, they are wrong because I'm going to tell you something. They're wrong. They, gotta, they need to rethink that. Carl Lawson's coming off a of kill's tendon. I've met and met a, a guy who had Achilles tendon, he showed me his Achilles tendon. It's, it's a nasty injury. You know what I'm saying? That's like the back back of your Achilles tendon. He showed me how it was severed. And that, that's some yep. serious stuff. That's worse than the knee, Achilles tendon. Mm. So we really don't know what his status is. If he does come back, what condition he's going to be in? How confident is he, you know, pushing off that Achilles tendon and doing the normal activity? And what level is he going to be at when he does return to full strength? Is it 80%? Mm-hmm. Is we, we might be able to expect some kind of little drop-off, even a slight from the explosive step that he once had. You've got to take Kevon Thibodeau. Let's get it straight. Kevon mm-hmm. Thibodeau is the one player in this entire draft because the quarterback class is, is you know, is usually, you know, the quarterbacks go first, one and two, and then the edge and the O-line, the tackles and so forth. This year, the quarterback class is so weak that you have to take Kevon Thibodeau. He's the one player in this mm-hmm. draft you have to take him. The Jets are going to look like a fool. If he falls to them and they let him go to the Giants, I'm going to be sick. That thing's going to really, really seriously piss me off. And I haven't been pissed off about a draft since, since, since Kyle Brady. You know Kyle Brady? And they took Kyle, tried to mm-hmm. Kyle Brady over one sack. I was, I was oh, man, I... about that nonsense. <laughs> and I wish I would have been near Rick Coach. I would have slapped the mess out of him for that mess. And he's been slapping his face for that. You don't take yeah. a tight end over a superior elite interior defensive lineman. He went on to be a Hall of Famer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That was money. I remember the fans in the stands cheering for Warren's name, and I did a little research on him prior to the draft. I didn't realize how good he was, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, coming out of the program he came out of. And I guess the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks got it right. He got a Hall of Fame interior defensive lineman, great career, plenty of Pro Bowls, and uh play to the level that you want a first-round pick to play play for. And meanwhile, Kyle Brady faded into obscurity. All he was was a blocking tight end, a guy you could have got in the middle round, basically. Oh. You know what I'm saying? It's not a Tony Gonzalez. It's not a Rob Gronkowski. It's not even a Mark Bavaro, what he was for the Giants. You know, he can catch the ball a little bit, tremendous blocker, and, you know, he's not to the level of a Mark Bavaro. He, he wasn't anything. We've got to take Kayvon Tebow, though. That's the one guy in the Man. entire draft class. If you get a chance to take him, you take him and you never look back. Stuntifying our interior line is that the edge is not pushing that quarterback to them. The purpose of an edge mm. is to take the edge, force that quarterback up into the pocket. That's where your interior can get to swallow up. People forgot how good the stack exchange was. When Klecko and Gaston, the early, I mean, I was, I think, about, about 12 years old. I remember how good they were. That's why Marty Lyons and Abdul Salam 
could get pressures and get sacks and do some of the stuff they did because of Gaston Cleco forcing quarterbacks up into the pocket, and the pocket literally collapsing. We haven't had that in a long time. I mean, Rex tried to do some things through smoke and mirror. He was a defensive genius as far as I'm concerned with his corners. You know, he went to the corners to just shut you down to where the quarterback couldn't get the quick release. He would be eating the ball, looking for the receivers to come open, and that's when he would blitz, bring the load. He would load to one side and bring the blitz, you know, and that's how he would get to you. We need an edge rusher. If we're going to the Super Bowl, we need edge rushers. You know what I'm saying? I'm hoping Kevon yeah. Thibodeau was there, and if it was me, I might even double dip and take Jamison mm-hmm. Johnson or Jermaine Johnson, the other defensive end. That's Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, he's going yes, he to be a hot name as we get closer and closer to the draft. This yes, guy looks sir. like he's very yes, good. He's he just not as explosive off the ball as Thibodeau. Thibodeau's a freak. But Jermaine Johnson, yep. what I see, he looks like he has good technique and he knows what he's doing, and that's the kind of trait pros where he can have a chance to be a good pass rusher in the pros. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he can get us eight sacks, nine sacks on a good year, and that ain't bad. And get us some pressure yeah. and get us a little something. Because right now we, we have nothing to speak of. We lost Carl Lawson. Yeah. Bryce Off was showing us flashes. He got hurt. I mean, it was just a, a nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never, you yeah. never you, pass you. up on an edge rusher for a safety or an O-line. If I had a chance to choose between Lawrence Taylor, I met Lawrence Taylor, got his autograph and everything, or Anthony Munoz. Now, he was being a lot of linemen that came out within a decade all being compared to him very much the way linebackers were being compared to Lawrence Taylor. Now, you had a choice between Munoz and Lawrence Taylor. Who are you choosing? Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Only position, mm-hmm. other position you would take over him because the way the league is now. Now, obviously, it's a Lawrence Taylor and Joe Montana, Lawrence Taylor, John Elway, Lawrence Taylor, Dan Marino. You would, the way the mm-hmm. league is now, and we set up, you would have to go with the quarterback. That's yep. the only other position that you would take over an elite edge rusher. You don't take any other position over an edge rusher, not even an O-line. I'm talking John Hanna. I'm talking Dan Deardorff. I'm talking Dwight Stevenson. All of these guys in the different line positions were exceptional, about as good as they was. But you cannot take them over an edge rusher. You can't mm. do that. You have to trust that the boy's going to slide you. I'm hearing names like Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green. Yep. Here. He may slide down the board. It's not lacking on his part. Kenyon Green is one of the better offensive linemen in this entire draft. But because of the position he plays, because he's a guard, teams might not place as much value on guard like they do offensive tackle. Tackle is the premium position, mm-hmm. especially left tackle. All the other positions yes. are devalued, especially guard and center. You know what I'm saying? So, is it? Is it though? And I hear what you're saying. And and you know, you got some takes. I tell you what, a left tackle. Uh, that's that's tough for me to get away from. But I understand right. what you're saying about the current league and, and the way that it works. You know, because again, that pass rush, that quarterback, and I think tackles for sure. You know, are, are guys yeah. that I'll be looking at. But I look at a guy like Tyler Lindebaum, who's a generational center, a guy that you can put in there that's going to absolutely dominate up front. Would you be against the Jets yeah. taking him at four? Only if Tebow is off the board. If Hutchinson Tebow are gone, yes, absolutely, okay. I would take the center, and I might even consider taking another old lineman because the Jets mm. need to go on and take this opportunity. If there's an opportunity, the edge rushers are gone. This is an excuse to go on and complete your offensive line. You got Fant, who I think they're going to resign. You got Beck, and you got Bear Tucker. What are the weakest positions on this old line? It's of course guard number yes. one, 
and obviously yep. center number two. Center has been just serviceable, but when you look at what the Jets have done over the decades from the 1980s and my teenage years, you remember Joe Field, Pro Bowl center. Mm-hmm. He was one of the dominant centers in the conference before Dwight Stevenson came along, you know, of course, took over and became the preeminent center. You know what I'm saying? Kevin Mawai, and, of course, Nick Mangold. The Jets have a rich tradition and history at the center position. They can't let that slip away. They've been passing up on these. I mean, how many years can they keep passing up on these top centers now? They passed up on Creed Humphrey, and then you turn around this year and possibly pass up on uh, uh, Tyler Linderbaum. How many years can you keep passing up on these centers? Yeah. I mean, these are pro bowl, all pro caliber centers. And Tyler Linderbaum, I've gotten a chance to take a look at him. People talk about him not being strong enough. He's strong enough now. This is a guy you do not want to get in a fight and he can kick your butt. You see what happened to Tristan yeah. Wirth when he got in a wrestling match? He took Tristan Wirth down. Yeah. He got great big jaws. That's a big man. And he took him down mm-hmm. with it because Tyler is short. People get it twisted because they think he's a little short. He's not strong. Yes, he is. Tyler Linderbaum is going to get thicker. He may not be able to get taller, but that man going to get thicker, and he's going to get strong. You know, a wrestler is strong anyway. They not no yep. tomato can to mess with. No wrestler. And this man, once he get in a pro program, get in two or three years, he'll be, he'll be one of the strongest centers in, in the conference. I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. And you won't be able to move him at all. And when he get out on that second level, on your linebackers, he will wipe them out. Just like Kevin Mawai. Remember Kevin Mawai, you do them linebackers? Yep. Tyler Linderbaum, yep. I think, will do worse than that. He will put them to the ground, not only just push them out of this play, he'll put them right on their back with ease. Yeah. You know I mean, you're talking that talk. Now, you're talking about the draft and some of the impact that, you know, draft picks can have. But what about yeah. some guys in free agency? For me, I'm talking to a guy like Hassan Riddick, for me, is like a guy that New York Jets should absolutely be after. What are your thoughts on him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the more they can do in free agency – that will help, you know, soften the blow when it comes down to the NFL draft, you know. The more they can do there, then they can turn their, their attention to other positions. If they can address their defensive need, it will free them up to take offense, and if they can address their offensive need, vice versa. Now it's been said that this draft class is a stronger defensive draft class. I would have to agree. You know, I can't argue with it. So I'm more of an offensive-minded man now because I realize over the years the rules the way the league is set up, it's set up to favor offense. When me and you were watching football in the 80s, it was more about running game, running game, yep. defense, and having a big, strong O-line. Yep. Running back was yep. the star. Quarterback wasn't the star. You had the, uh, the who was it, Franco Harris, the John Riggins, the Earl Campbell, you know, the power backs, and occasionally you had the Marcus mm-hmm. Allens, and those, those guys, they were your stars. Tony Dorsett. You know, once a uh, star back retired, Tony Dorsett became the star on the Dallas Cowboys. Running back used to be the star. Now quarterback is the star. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? And then now you not got this new wave of them in there. You know what I'm saying? Deshaun Watson yeah. in them. It's changed a whole lot. And it's better yeah. right now. I think this year the Jets need to add the additional pieces to the offense, plug up the interior O-line, Get him another wide receiver to comp- compliment um, um, Corey Davis you know and Elijah about. Moore. Corey mm-hmm. Davis, Elijah Moore. And, of course, address the mm-hmm. tight end position. The tight end position hasn't produced much. Now, they got yeah. a chance to do something with that tight end room. Now, I say they got a, a couple of good free agents, and, and the draft is loaded. And the draft just doesn't yeah, have a high pick. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's so many guys in the draft from likely to to uh, yep. to Rucker to there's just yep. so many guys. That's Trey right. McBride. There's so many guys in the draft. It's insane. So yeah, you're actually bringing facts up. New York Jets need to address the tight end position. So my last question, man, because you're bringing the heat, man. Sure. My last question for you before I let you go. You look at the mm-hmm. Bengals. I mean, you've been watching football for for years. The Bengals used to be an oh, yeah. awful organization. Now we they see were. them turn it around and get to the Super Bowl. Do you think that this puts more pressure on the New York Jets to finally be in that in that tier to really be competing? And how long, realistically, do you see before the New York Jets are at that level where they're making pushes in the playoffs and competing for Super Bowls? How long do you think it's going to be? I think they will be strong enough to compete in 2023. I had predicted 2023 was the year I, I picked for the Jets to make their own fairy tale run. I think they will make a mm. serious run next year. Looking at the curve that they're on and what Joe Douglas has done with this organization, if he stays on his current course, produces a strong black draft class, it doesn't have to quite be what the 2021 class is. That might be one of the great draft classes the Jets have ever had. You know, with Elijah Moore mm. and Michael Carter and all yep. of them, that's really exceptional. I think he pretty much hit on what pretty much almost all his picks. Yeah, rare, almost did. But you almost hit on all your picks. If he can come anywhere near that, let's say get four picks out of this draft, four picks out of that draft, that's your foundation. That's the only thing they need is just lay the foundation. Then you can get the little lunch pail guys, the burials, the Wayne Corbett, the little guys that just work hard, Good locker room guys, great attitude, everybody like them. The Mike Whites and them, they have a role in this team as well. It's about chemistry, mm-hmm. people be able to work together, cooperate, get along, you know, be on the same course, same goals, and then you'll see it translate into winning. You know what I'm saying? That's the formula a lot of these other teams, you know, built from the 49ers to the 80s. You know, Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys in the 90s, and we see it with the Patriots again the last 15 years, only till recently. <laughs> that dynasty finally kind of came down to earth, you know. I think it's possible yeah. by next year the Jets will be competing for something. They've only begun to okay. lay the foundation. They're not as far away as I think people think. Obviously, they have more work to do on the defensive side, addressing the pass mm-hmm. rush, and uh, getting some better safety play offensively. Weapons for Zach Wilson, old line, and that's that's basically it. Yeah, I mean you're talking that talk, man. Listen, studio, give him a hand. Yeah. studio audience, please. Come on, come on. keep up, fire. Don't clap too long. Don't clap too. I don't pay y'all for that. Okay, unless it's me. Don't be clapping that long. All right, <laughs> let's not do too much. Okay, <laughs> listen. I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. You know, I always love talking to you about this team and about football. You have yourself a good night. All right. And you too, Joe. And you take care. And it's always a pleasure. And I always appreciate you having me on your platform. And thanks again. Absolutely. You have a good one. So my guy be calling in for North Carolina. He knows his stuff, man. Guys, a Jets fan through and through. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine. We're taking our last caller. It's Angelo. Angelo's calling in. You know what I'm saying? And Angelo knows his stuff as well. Now, Angelo's got some takes. Okay, this is a, this is a serious Jets fan right here. He knows his stuff. Salute to you, Angelo. I want to thank you for calling in. Give me your thoughts on Quentin Williams, Angelo. After this season. 
What are, what are you thinking about him? Has he lived up to being that third overall pick in your mind? You know what? Um, probably not. But, you know, those defense alignments sometimes don't get a lot of the credit. They do a lot of the dirty work. Not They don't really show up on the mm-hmm. stat sheets. Because, you know, every, every stat sheet I looked at the Justice season, I try to look for Quinn and Williams. And it's just like one mm-hmm. or two tackles, you know. Every now and then he has a sack. And it, it was kind of confusing because his brother was on the team. So you see Q Williams and Q Williams, and then one of them has 10 tackles, and the one of them has two. I know exactly who has two. So I, I think we got to see – you know what I'm saying? It was kind of confusing. So I always had to click on the name and figure yeah. it out. But Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like to see him with a Carl Lawson, you know, with uh, uh, some mm-hmm. pass rush off the edges. I think that opens up to him. Now, I think when we draft him, we're, we're thinking, okay, we, we need Aaron Donald. You know, that's, that's the premier player at the position. Exactly. And then Aaron Donald, that just goes to show you, I don't know if you saw him on that parade with his shirt off. Like, he does not look like a defensive lineman, dude. He is ripped. I mean, for no. me, a defensive lineman, they, those guys always got the, the bellies. But, man, uh, he's just a different player. And I think with Quinnen, yeah. uh, if, he, if he can fill a role there, now, again, the problem is he was the number three overall pick. So, you know, you got to produce. You know, you got to have six, seven, eight sacks a year and tackles for loss. Um, and, and now with Carl Lawson coming back, and listen, I want to say I did tear my Achilles tendon or I ruptured it. So and I think Carl Lawson also ruptured it. And um, for me, you know, I was, I was playing basketball. And it took about mm-hmm. a full year till I was 100%. I, I recovered yep. 100%. And I'll tell you, I think the it probably took about seven months for it to fully heal, but I feel like the mental game, like every time I walked upstairs, mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, this is this is uncomfortable. You know, I don't – so I think he's yeah. – right now he's probably he's probably healed, and I think it's just the mental aspect of getting through. But, um, you know, the doctors can do everything nowadays. And I'll tell you what, he should be able to come back 100%. What I will tell you is um, he might be sore. You know, I think his practices will be limited during the week, and that's how I feel. Yeah. After a big game, obviously, I, and I went out and played basketball. I mean, I went out and played five-on-five five and everything, and I would just say it would just be a little sore maybe the next day or the next couple of days. So I see uh, Carl Lawson recovering 100%. I see him being limited in practices during the week. Um, and if we can have that outside pass rush, that should open up some lanes in the middle. And with Quinton Williams, I think at this point, you know, Joe Douglas, he knows what he's doing. If you can, if you can trade bait him and get, you know, a couple second-round picks or maybe a third or third, I don't know. You know, so that, that's Joe Douglas' wow. decision. But watch, but watch now in his, in his season where this next season, Quinton's got to show up if he wants to get paid, right? So that's, okay. that's what these players do. They, they show up in the season because they want to get paid. And I, I see Quinton having a better year this year. And especially if we do draft or sign some other pass rush to go along with Carl Lawson, we're just going to be a matchup mm-hmm. nightmare on the defensive front. And um, I'm not going to say it's going to be led by Quinn Williams, but I think he's going to do a lot of dirty stuff in there. And, and I think um, I am a little disappointed in him, you know, because like I said, we, you know, the, the last Carl was talking about a Warren Sapp, you know, so thought, you know, we thought he was the Warren Sapp. I mean, you're taking that guy so high and, um, Mm-hmm. We kind of struck out on defensive tackles in the draft. I remember the big one for me was uh, was it Dwayne Robinson out of Kentucky. We Dwayne Robinson, I was overall. just about to say, yeah, just, just you Whoa. know. So I'm kind of thinking about that with with Quinnen and 
And you know the other thing too, like Quentin Williams is like he's one of the nicest guys in the NFL. Like he's almost like a, a big kid. He's always got a smile. Is that kind of what you want? I think you kind of want someone a little a little dirty in there and a little mean. But <laughs> I think Quentin's a great guy, and hopefully he can turn yeah. it up this season. And um, but as far as paying him, I think at this point we we have to commit to him. I mean, I think Joe Joe will probably take trade calls, but I think at this point you got to sign the fifth year option and maybe do a franchise tag and. Hopefully he does have a better year. Now, if he has a down year, then you go from there. But, you know, at this point, Fadu Kasi looks like he's going out. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. need him, you know, it, you know, if that's the case. So, and I see us probably draft another defense alignment in the draft again. And uh, yeah. we'll kind of see where that yeah. goes because, again, that's, that's the main part of the draft right there. Yeah, I definitely hear you. You know, and I think, again, like you said as well, addressing the pass rush is going to be huge for us. So my final question for you, because we're getting a little short on time, is, when you look at this free agent class, for me, Hassan Riddick is the guy that really stands out to me, and I think the New York Jets need to definitely attack that guy and get him. Is he a guy that you would like to see the Jets target? And if not, what pass rusher do you think is out there for you that you would like to see the New York Jets go after? Well, I think I read somewhere that Jadavion Clowney was out there. I feel like that's going to yeah. be kind of Joe Douglas's kind of thing is, you know, I, I hope he doesn't do the whole one year, $5 million, you know, maybe like with a Dante Fowler, um, just mm-hmm. to kind of see, because that, that's a risk reward kind of thing Like we did with Ger- Gerard Davis, former first round pick. Let's give him one year, $5 million. It didn't work out, but you know what? It, it is a, a low amount of money to risk and mm-hmm. the potential for him to be really good because he was a former first round pick is, is really great, but you see what it kind of does to the team. Now we have to start all over again. Um, so for the yeah. free agents, yeah, Hassan Riddick, I think, um, man, I'm always afraid of big, and big names big names and big contracts, but we need a big uh, signing with the cornerback position. And um, mm-hmm. Hassan Riddick, yeah, outside linebacker, I mean, like I said, I think we probably need to draft someone to replace C.J. Mosley here in the next couple of years. Um, but his, yep. I think his attitude and – for free agency is you got to go out and reach out to everybody. You, you, you attack, yeah. you get whatever position you can of need, and then you focus on what you didn't get in the draft. So uh, with our first pick, we could lean towards what? Kayvon Thibodeau or um, one of the offensive linemen, Evan Eiler, I came over Kwanu. I think um, I don't want to see Joe Douglas saying, okay, well, this guy's going to be here at number four. So, you know what, Let, let's go ahead and spend money at the cornerback position. You know, this guy's going to be here at 10 you know, with Tyler Lindebaum, so maybe we don't need to sign a center. I think that's not how it is. I think you just go out there, you get the best players available, and I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Douglas swings some trades on draft day, especially maybe in the first or second round because we have so many assets. And potentially this mm-hmm. Jamal Adams trade could turn – because if we trade back off that yes, – because I think a lot of teams are looking for yep. a quarterback, and they're going to jump the red team. Yep. And if we move, we move back with the Steelers or something like that, this Jamal Adams yeah. trade could go on forever because actually we trade – I mean, exactly. it's just like the, the gift that keeps on giving. And I, exactly. I really hope that – I really hope because none of this matters if Zach Wilson is not the guy. I really hope it pans yeah. out for Zach. Um, I really hope yeah. he can take a step because, you know, he was a young guy too. That's the thing. We're drafting these guys with so much potential like Quinton Williams. But – you know, these are young guys, man. They're still in their early 20s. And, you know, guys, yeah. some, very few players come out, especially in the NFL, that, that play great the very first year. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Like I said, I, mean, I hope we, we turn the page. Yeah, I hope we do as well, man. And, again, I think surrounding Zach with weapons is definitely going to make a big difference. But like you said as well, 
making sure that we can attack this pass rush. And I told people, trading down from 10, like you said, there's some teams that's going to be looking for quarterbacks in that mid-round or in that mid-first round, and they're going to want to jump the Redskins because the Redskins are definitely going to be looking to take them. But listen, Angelo, I want to thank you for calling in, man. You really brought it up. I want to thank you, man. Again, we're getting short on time. You have a good night, my friend. You're welcome, sir. Always good to talk to you, man. Take it easy. Same to you. You have a good one, man. Listen, Angelo calling in with the heat. He's calling in with the heat. A lot of great takes from Angelo. Salutes to him. Now, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Salutes to Tammy McDaniel in the chat. She says, you can't have the sizzle without the steak. The Jets need to build in the trenches. That's a fact. That's a fact, man. That's a big fact. So now we're going to go ahead and close out the show. We can short on time. Salute to everyone that called in. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. Again, that is YoungJ000. All right, follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. Fight on. I'm also on YouTube as well at Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets, go over there, subscribe, hit that notification bell, give my videos a thumbs up. And if you want to troll me, no issues. We can go back and forth in the comments. You can troll me as well. And as always, people, when you see me in person, okay, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone, okay? Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing, no matter what anyone says. I want to thank you folks for listening. Without you people, I'm absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen and call into the show. You folks are the greatest. Peace. (laughs) 